people always think that getting into the big boxes is, you know, kind of the mecca, right? You've made it, which it can be, right? At, at, at large scale, right? It can be. But for a lot of the smaller brands that are just getting started out, it can put you in a huge deficit. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today we have an amazing woman entrepreneur who is with us, who is the founder and CEO of Freedom Deodorant and all sorts of beauty products, and I am so excited to have her here with us today. Era, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, guys. Okay, so you've got a really interesting background story on how you got to this country and a little bit of your entrepreneurial story. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that first before we get into freedom, the brand and all those things? Sure. So it started when I was born. Um, no, so I was actually, I was born in the U Ukraine, actually Kiev and immigrated to America at about six years of age and uh, mm. all for the quest for freedom. So like, right. Right. <laughs> Hence the name of my company. The name. So yeah, we came over with a suitcase. Um, I remember my mom worked at the Bon Marche, which was kind of like a Macy's in downtown Seattle. Yeah. And I would hang out at the Estee Lauder counter and I'm like, maybe one day I'll own Estee Lauder. You know, I don't know why that was like, why not? I mean, doesn't that go through every seven-year-old's head, right? Exactly. Yep. Fascinated by the cosmetic industry. And, um, you know, you fast forward when my you know, it ended up, by the way, not in cosmetics, ended up in the finance industry, worked for Merrill Lynch, Citigroup, owned my own firm for 12 years. Yeah. And then came Freedom. And then came Freedom. So tell us a little bit about Freedom, the company, right? So the name is yeah. amazing, but tell us a little bit about the company itself, sort of why you started it to begin with. I mean, obviously your love for all the things, but you've had a background that's very different than right. what you're currently doing now. Tell me a little bit about the transition and how you got from one in finance to now in the beauty industry again. So, you know, it's interesting. It's almost like a premonition. I don't know what it was, but I had three friends that were diagnosed with breast cancer within six months. They're 31, 41, and 43. Okay. Which wow. I thought is young. Yeah. And, um, they were my clients on the financial side and well, one was my CPA as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have three daughters and I'm like, what is going on? What is in the water? Right. I don't want any of this. You know, I had no idea that one in eight women were diagnosed with breast cancer. And I really had no idea that I would be one of those eight, um, right. a few years later. So, um, I just became obsessed when they were diagnosed. And, you know, 
the one thing their doctors kept saying too was, you know, it's not just what you put in your body, but what you put on your body because yeah. your skin's your largest organ. Right. And I switched just about everything and mm-hmm. I could not find a deodorant that I liked that was natural, right. you know, because it was one of two things, right? It was either super luxurious and nice. And it was, my favorite is 75 or 80 or 95% natural. And then, yeah. which makes me think like, what's that other 5%? Which is the same or 25% then. Like, but <laughs> look around, you'll see stuff yeah. and it'll say 70% organic ingredients. Well, yeah. or not organic, it'll say natural. And it's like, what's the rest of the stuff? Is it junk? Yeah. It doesn't take a lot to be crap, right? Right. Or it was natural, 100% natural, so natural that like you felt you could smell the tree in the natural, right? Yeah. Like right. it was a little too, too crunchy natural. for me. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, yeah. I'm kind of prissy in the sense of like, I want beautiful, great products, but I want yeah. products that aren't going to hurt me mm-hmm. and are good for me. So I really struggled with what was on the market. So um, <laughs> I started cooking it in my kitchen. I guess yeah. I watched Breaking Bad a little too many times. Um, <laughs> like, oh, that. I can make this, but oh, it doesn't sure. have to be meth. Right. It could be deodorant. <laughs> so, right. I love it. I love it. Meth would have made more it. money, though. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we just went there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. That's so good. And And so many people, so many of our clients at the agency and so many people that I work with and talk to – create products or start their business really out of need, right? Because they can't find what they want in the market or they are solving their own problems or things like that. And that's kind of sounds like how this came to be. But when did you realize, okay, I'm doing this for myself because I want to create this product, be healthier, so on and so forth into, hmm, I can make a business out of this and sell it to lots of people. What what was that sort of aha moment? Did somebody ask you for it or did you just realize like there isn't this in the market like I'm doing it, therefore I need to get it out there? Or what was the aha moment that you had? Well, my first aha moment was when I made my first deodorant batch. And I swear to you, I have a picture of that. And somebody took a picture. It was actually at my friend Cammie's house and she was showing me a Pinterest recipe. And I remember... I literally stuck my finger in it and I tasted it. And somebody took a picture of me tasting it, right? <laughs> and everybody's like, that's disgusting. And I'm like, how do you know if anything's good if you don't try it, right? Right. And, and uh, call me crazy. I've got my crazy, you know, Russian Jewish mom, right? Who's like <laughs> tries everything, whether it's raw or cooked or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I had that moment when I made my very first batch of deodorant. I literally sat there and was like, I need to do this more. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was like, yeah. this is what I was made to do. I don't know why I'm staring at this batch of deodorant. Um, and, you know, they talk about the entrepreneurial spirit where, you know, it's like an itch, yeah. right? But it's not an itch. Like I would go to bed with a burn, like right. packaging and uh, smells. And like yeah. I had my turn, my whole kitchen into like a chemistry experiment and like everybody would come over and there's 25 different kinds of deodorant and scents and stuff like that for people to try. So people started avoiding my house. Right. Um, <laughs> try but, it, try it. No, really. It's right. Good. But the, the big one was when my friend Cindy called me, I gave her some and she was going through chemo. Yeah. Came with her into an early onset menopause, which could be a whole different discussion. Right. <laughs> menopause. Yay. Right. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> that track hits you out of nowhere. Um, so 
you know, and she called me and I had given her some of our lavender citrus deodorant and she was crying and I'm thinking, did she grow an extra limb? Did something yeah. happen? <laughs> you know? And she's like, it works. Like, mm-hmm. she was, I don't know what you put in here, but she goes, I feel like a woman again. Like yeah. I'm hot, I'm sweaty, I'm disgusting. And I smell good. Yeah. Like, I haven't had that for, yeah. And when she was diagnosed, you know, we went to the store and every time she bought a deodorant or I would buy a deodorant and Mm -hmm. I had sent her one, like we always bought in pairs because we would try them out. Yeah. And what was interesting, like it never quite worked the same for either one of us. Kind of like perfume. Sure. You know, perfume smells differently on you than it does your body, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. So this worked for you. And wait a minute. Hold on. This is working for me. Yeah. And I'm thinking how many other people are going through this? So I packed, so I still didn't know I was running a financial firm. I own the yep. financial firm. It was very successful. I yep. didn't really have to work much with the financial firm. Right. And, you know, and I got to raise three kids, you know, and really be there for them at the same time. And um, so I'm like, I got a little time. I'm going to yeah. pack a little baggie uh, full of deodorants. And you guys are going to crack up, but I packed this little baggie full of deodorants and I walked up and down the strip. Like I started at the Mirage. I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I started at the Mirage and I made it all the way to Mandalay Bay. So if you guys are familiar with the Las Vegas trip, that's pretty far, right? Pretty long walk. That means everybody kicked me out. Like Mm -hmm. everybody's like, no, we're not going to meet with you. And I walked to the spots. Like I didn't know anything else, right? And no, we're not going to meet with you. Uh, No, your product's ugly. Uh, nobody wants deodorant in a spa. And I was like, you're stupid. Right. right? I'm like, do. that right. is where you do want deodorant. You're in Las Vegas. It's 185 degrees during the summer. Yeah. Like, how are you telling me no? So right. I remember I made it to the Four Seasons, which is in Mandalay Bay. Not one yes yet. And I finally was like, there's nothing beyond here. Like, there's literally a parking lot <laughs> on the other side. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. And um, the manager of the spa came out, Shannon, and we were talking and she thought it was like, nobody wants deodorant, deodorant. and I'm <laughs> the four seasons. And why are you here? And I'm like, I'm not leaving. Cause your customers do want it. And so she goes, you know what? Your packaging sucks. If you mm-hmm. give me better packaging, um, I'll put in a PO. Oh my God. My first PO is the four <laughs> yeah. seasons. Like what? <laughs> So I, I changed the packaging. I made it prettier. Um, that was our old packaging, actually. Um, made it prettier. She put a PO in. She sold out in four days. Yep. Boom. Boom. There's my test case. Yep. Okay. So I took that test case, and then I took it to Canyon Ranch in Miraval. And, and I will tell you, fast forward six years later, we have over 400 spots. And, and this year, I'm very happy to announce, because this just happened a week and a half ago, Okay. Mm -hmm. This year we are partnering with Marriott and Ritz Carlton for their oncology wellness program. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And we will be in the hotel rooms pretty soon too. So we're, we're working with the one hotel group as well and we're going into their hotel rooms. So amazing. I mean, who needs a a shoe shine kit when you forgot your deodorant, right? (laughs) Like, Think about it. It's the things like that that you just think, oh, if there was just a bit of deodorant in here, now I got to go find someplace, right? Right. Of course. So that's our that's our freedom story. Just oh my gosh, that is so amazing. And I think 
So many of our listeners can relate to that because they've paved, you know, pounded the pavement, they've gone out, they've done the work, they've, they've so on and so forth. But I think so many business owners give up, you know, when they've heard no, or they give up because that big company said no, or this little company said no, and you kept going and going and going. What kind of kept you motivated to continue down that path to say, I'm not leaving? I mean, was it that you knew the pro- – I mean, obviously, the product's great, right? Like, I yeah. use the product just as, a, you know, I'm I'm Thank you. not being paid to, yes. you know, say this or anything. But I have used the product. But We will pay you, though. Go ahead and keep <laughs> saying it. No, um, we're all about it. So. But my, my sister um, also struggled with cancer and has been on the battle of her life for the last three years. And so it really did sort of same thing, kind of change my perspective on what you put in your body what you put on your body and Mm -hmm. how that works. And finding good products to be able to do that is very, very hard. And that's why I love working with business owners who have a bigger mission than themselves, but also create products that are sustainable, create products that are, you know, great for the environment, great for your body, great for your health. It's part of kind of my vision too. So what about it is sort of the thing that you know, kept you motivated because a lot of times it's so hard when people say, no, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. What, what about it kept you going? Oh, they didn't say, no, I didn't want it. I had people say the worst things. Like <laughs> I had some really mean people. Yeah. So there's a couple really mean spa directors. I'll, I'll just go out there and just say that. Like, yeah. People aren't yeah. nice aren't all the time. No, right. No, no. Um, I remember even like, it was like the CEO of CEO Bigelow had me like in tears telling me, wow, we're not special and we suck. And he turned around and made a natural deodorant. So I'm like, screw you. <laughs> of course. Right. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. not something good. <laughs> right. So, um, so what, that's a really tough question. And yeah. it's it, because I even penned uh, an interesting uh, op-ed a few months ago that basically said, did my startup give me cancer? Uh, um, yeah, because it's hard and yeah. it's stressful. And I pushed so hard that I truly believe that I created the tumor that I had in my breast. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think stress is just one of those things that will wreak havoc on you all day long. Agreed. And, um, which I've changed a lot this year. Thank Mm -hmm. God. Things have changed. Things have changed. Um, but you, you push through it because listen, it was my mission. My mission was to get women healthier one armpit at a time. Um, when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, it became even harder. I I really will tell you, I almost closed the doors at that point, but I have investors and I have people, We've, we've, God, we've cleaned up some serious armpits, yeah. you know, we've gotten yeah. people healthier and that just motivates me every single day. Yeah. And, um, I just had to do it differently this, you know, as of this last year, I couldn't push myself the way I pushed myself for four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, that was unsustainable. Right. Um, so right. it's, it's taught me a lot and it's taught me a lot that, you know, I mean, I still think no is a funny word. Yeah. Um, no is just a challenge to me. But um, I think, yeah, it's like, you, did right. you just say no? Really? Seriously? Oh, okay, watch let's go. Me. Sure, watch <laughs> right. it. Right. So, exactly. but I think I do it differently now. Like yeah. this year, we strategize differently. We, mm-hmm. um, 
we're pulling back some things that weren't working out that we were really pushing against, you know, and I found not to push as hard, Mm -hmm. but to strategize and do things differently and to go to the places where we are more welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we were going down the retail route for a while and really struggled with that because I don't know if you know, but retail is pay to play. And I know so many people that are in retail that are not profitable. Of course. Right. And and I'm like, how do you do that? Like, right. you can't sustain that. Right. No. no. People think it's always great to, and because of my background in retail, I, I yeah. have a lot of experience with that. And I think people always think that getting into the big boxes is, you know, kind of the Mecca, right? You've made it, which it can be right at, mm-hmm. at, at large scale, right? It can be, but for a lot of the smaller brands that are just getting started out, it can put you in a huge deficit, right? And it, yeah. it can be extremely stressful. They can make you do things that aren't maybe on point. They can, you know, get it for cheaper. They can make you change this, do that, all those kinds of things. So I, I know the stress of getting into a, a big yeah. box. Or is it they oh. make their own brand. Correct. Or they just take what you've done and then, oh, now we got our own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we, you know, we struggled with that and we had a long conversation. We had a major retailer that recently we just parted ways with. Yeah. And when we looked at the numbers, we were like, that's all we made. That was it. Like we killed ourselves. We re re sent stuff. We did the, we barely made any money, you know, and we literally made the same amount that we made on our e-com in one month. (laughs) In a whole year with a retailer. Right. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, we're going to be changing that. We're not pushing that too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, so yeah, it's, it's just shifting. It's shifting to the places that are your happy place. I guess you could say like, I love spas and hotels. Mm -hmm. I love, um, the things that we do for them. And we're going to be doing this next year. That is like, like we had our best year was during COVID, believe it or not, because we worked with Alaska airlines. We worked with Southwest airlines. We worked with the hotels and they needed, you know, more and more and more stuff that we were able to provide. And, um, we're going back to that because that made me happy. That's awesome. So, yeah. You know, and we have listeners like at every stage, okay, of business that that listen to us. And let me ask you this question. Now, sure. you if you could turn back the clock knowing what you know now and and, you know, seeing where you're at today, what would be things that you might do differently if you could do it all over again with the same <laughs> viewpoint? I mean, narrow it down to one, I guess. Cause if you're anything like me, I have probably 50 that I could tell you, don't do this. Don't do that. Do this sooner. Go there. Does this mean I'd start the company in the first place? Like, wait a minute. What happened to my really cushy financial firm that I had? Uh, Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. I had a very cushy, cushy financial firm, which I sold very successfully that I didn't even take an income for three years with freedom. Um, what I would have done. Oh my gosh. I think I would have brought in a partner sooner. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have one now, but I think because I think we're too far along at this point, whoever I bring in is going to buy part of the company. Yeah. Um, but I think I would have brought in a partner sooner just to have an extra person to, you know, instead of being the lone wolf, I think it's really tough, uh, to be alone. Yeah. Um, 
I think I would have spent more money on marketing. The reason being is I had a really great product, right? Yeah. It was a really great product. And I really focused on making a great product. Mm-hmm. That was the stupidest thing I could have done. Mm-hmm. Okay. How so? Uh, I'll tell you. So right when we came out, it was us, Schmitz, and Native pretty mm-hmm. much, right? Mm-hmm. And those two have sold and made money and they're sipping margaritas on the beach, right? Yeah. One had a partner come in with a lot of money, a lot of money, and he spent a lot of money on marketing. The other one uh, was uh, he had sold two other two uh, e-commerce companies, two or three, if I'm not mistaken. It, this was a straight e-commerce play. Yeah. And he was going to build it up. He was going to spend all his money on e-commerce, build it up, sell it, and walk away. Um, and he was not even going to create a product. He was just going to use everybody else's product. Huh. So he ordered from yeah. us. He ordered from Agent Atour. He ordered from a whole bunch of people, and they reverse engineered our stuff. Yeah, made his product. He spent all his money on marketing. All his money. Native was was, um, it was Native. You know, Native yeah. was definitely made money um, after I think the first couple of years, but it was all it all went back into you know, yeah. spending and spending and yeah. spending. Yeah, which they did a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm I'm definitely not gonna get down on them for that. But they did a beautiful job. Uh, they got the list. Everybody was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they liked the product or not, it didn't matter. Yeah. They had, they got in front of so many eyes, they, uh, and they got so many emails and so many everything else that they just remarketed to their people. And then they turned around and basically did a bidding war because he knew yeah. he saw what was coming. I mean, he's brilliant, yeah. right? Yeah. He saw the competition coming in and he's like, I'm just going to sell it. Yeah. You know, and call it a day and then I'm going to move on to my next venture, which would be venture number four on e-commerce. Right. Right. All e-commerce companies. So it was all marketing. Yeah. Um, Which I found so humbling to be Mm -hmm. proven so wrong that I hear I am thinking I'm going to make this great product. Right. (laughs) Um, So if I had a chance to redo it, and I remember we got into Amazon at the time and we were doing really well with Amazon and my Amazon guy's like, you know what, just let's spend more money on marketing. And I was like, no, I need to spend more money to make more products. Yeah. And if I could have changed one thing, I would have changed that, that answer right there. I would have given him all the money that I would have spent on that next product. And we probably would have been sold two years ago. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. I think so many people think that you have to have, well, you do have to have a good product to start you or do. nobody will buy yeah. it, right? So you've got to have a good product. But I also think that there's a lot of people who feel like nowadays marketing is not always going to give you the return on investment that you think it's going to, or that, yeah. you know, it's it's not all it's cracked up to be. But I always tell clients or others, like, if you build it, they will not come unless they know it's there, right? And you have to, particularly in the day and age of COVID, all businesses went online. So there's more competition out there than ever. If you don't stand out from the crowd or you don't have a great marketing strategy or don't have something that's going to bring people to your amazing product, how are they ever going to find you? How are they ever going to know who you are amongst the sea of thousands, right? So- People always get like kind of weirded out about the marketing piece because they're like, oh, Facebook and this. And I'm like, it's more than just Facebook. It's more than just, you know, like impressions and spending money on boosting posts and and things like that. It's about having a strategy that helps tell the story and getting it out in front of the right people. So I love hearing you say that because I think it is 
all those things plus. But if you don't have a good product to begin with, you might as well not even, you know. Well, you know, I mean, listen, it's 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 trends, it's trending, you know, like right. honestly, we just we had three influencers just this last week. You yeah. know, we sent them all product, everything. They posted on stories, they were supposed to post on reels. We didn't see it. We asked them to resend it to us. They don't want to. Yeah. We've got enough product. We just yeah. so you just lost three, you know. Yeah. 50 bucks a piece in product that you just sent out, right? Right. It's it's a different world. We spent money on PR, right? PR is nothing anymore. That's no. changed. Right. Talk about change, you know, right. where it used to be in a magazine or anything like that. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody buys magazines anymore, right? right? Yeah. Um, it's really different. Um, yeah. It So it's just been a sea of change. And... I, what we've done is kind of gone back to basics of what made us really successful in the first place and push on that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but that, that's been the part that's been working for us. Yeah. Hey everybody, it's Dawn. Thanks so much for listening. I just wanted to pause really quick and say that if this episode is bringing up any questions or thoughts about your own business and you're needing a little guidance, head over to digitaldawnagency.com and book a free consultation with me. I'm happy to sit down and brainstorm what your business might need to grow and scale online. So let's talk about failure. Let's switch gears a little bit and and talk about failure a little bit because I think this is, you know, this is part of everybody's journey. Everybody has, you know, and you kind of mentioned what would you do differently? And and maybe that is, I don't know that I consider that necessarily failure per se, but tell me about something, maybe it's a a product you worked on or a scent you worked on, or maybe it was an idea that you had that just completely tanked. You loved it. Nobody else loved it. What did you do about it? Like, what what was kind of the thing? So two. So Amber and Jasmine, those are two cents, right? The Amber, uh-huh. you either loved it or you hated it. We got death threats when we discontinued it, right? <laughs> and we put this, like, dark label on a white bottle, uh-huh. and it did not work. It did not mm-hmm. sell. I had no idea that this dark label, uh, as opposed to our beautiful white bottles, did not work. Um, we might reintroduce Amber again, but just put a different label on it. Uh-huh. Um, but we're eco-friendly. We're all in paper packaging now. So, yeah. you know, we'll yeah. just do a different package for it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was crazy. Like literally we had retailers calling us like, this isn't moving. This isn't moving. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not moving. Or, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, I got a good one. This is great. Okay. I knew nothing about manufacturing. I had a new manufacturer that just Uh wanted to get into the deodorant business. They made lip balms. Okay. Okay. And they wanted to get into the deodorant business. And, um, (laughs) and he asked me, he goes, your packaging is at a top fill or bottom fill. I'm like, uh, don't know. No. Right. (laughs) And he's like, well, he goes, when you, pour it in. Do you pour it in for the top, the bottom? I'm like, Oh, the bottom, the bottom. And he's like, okay. But what I didn't realize was that our packaging was oval. It wasn't like square or rectangle. It was, it had this like oval dome to it, our old packaging. Right. So if you put it on its head to fill it from the bottom, it doesn't (laughs) stand. Right. So wait a minute, wait a minute. It gets better. So we have to spend $10,000 to get these holders for each one of these 
uh, bottles so they could uh-huh. stand upside down so they could fill them. So we spent $10,000 on that. So then they fill them. And the first batches were overfilled, which means it went into the elevator, which kept it from yeah. turning. <laughs> I'm not okay, laughing. I'm sorry. I'm laughing with you. A, this is a deodorant that needs to turn, like needs to go up. Right. Not like you couldn't turn this thing. Okay. No. So, okay. That was one. So we, we figured that out the first thousand units. Okay. We put an order in, but we've been, we're growing, right? Yeah. We're growing. So we put an order in for 17,000 units. Mm-hmm. Okay. They all show up 80% filled, 75 to oh. 80% filled. Because the, the manufacturer said, well, I sent you a sample. And I said, well, you sent me a sample for the scent. He goes, no, yeah. it was to show you how much we put in because we didn't want to hit that elevator again. <laughs> right? Sure. And I'm thinking he sent it to me for the smell and for the texture and everything. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. he's actually sending it to me for the actual fill because I thought – who would do you're that? a manufacturer. Right. Right. You're going to know what line up. to fill it to, to fill it up where, right. right. So these things weighed nothing. It was like, it was, they were so light and you're yeah. spending $17 for this thing. And, you know, we can't send it to the four seasons and we can't send it to Miraval because they're yeah. going to look at us and they're like, this isn't it's even ha- full. Right. Right. It's like halfway full. <laughs> oh so I have 17,000 units. That I can't do, do anything with. What did you do so, with them? Well, well, you know, went from a horrible tra- tragedy to we started a line called the Oops Line. And the <laughs> Oops Line. I love it. Right? Was, oops, we did it again. Like, we screwed up. Uh-huh. Our, pro- our fault, your win. So what we did was we discounted them 50%. And even though you still got more than 50% of the product, it was right, right around 75% sure. still, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you were able to try the product for half the price, Love right? It. So we it took us about a year to get rid of those seventeen thousand units, you know. Um, but it wasn't a total was, total loss. I mean, so that I could have I could have spent that been. money that thirty forty grand and spent that on marketing. Sure, right? You know, and which we didn't, um, which we should have. But right. that's okay. But that was like holy cow! Wow, that was yeah. like. Oops. I had no I idea. Yeah. Oh, we had another one. Um, if you don't want to be sharing <laughs> really quick. <laughs> well, I got a phone call. They're like, your stuff is stuck in China. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you're wondering, how, is it, so you're going to crack up. And I'm like, how do I, what? <laughs> what? What do you, right? do I call China? Who do I call? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> Where do you go? Funny thing is, I put it on Facebook and I was like, does anybody know how to get stuff out of China? Sure enough, one of my friends uh, within within an hour were able to move our stuff out of China, which was amazing. And it cost me a whopping seventy five dollars. That was it. Oh, but um, gosh. yeah, like failure. Come on, this is entrepreneurship. Like, I just ask is me where, where I fail today. I promise yeah. you, I have a yeah. daily fail rate. You know, but that means right. you're not trying if you're not failing. I love that. I love that, and I think that's so true. And and entrepreneurs are used to that, right? That failure piece. And I think we're used to seeing things. It's the pulling yourself back up and getting going and doing and continuing forward one step at a time and recognizing and making fun of the failures, right? And having fun with it. I mean, yes, at the time, I'm sure it was crazy, bad, stressful, horrible, but... (laughs) 
you know, now you can sit on a podcast and you can laugh about it. Oh my God. <laughs> 17,000 units. I'm like, Oh. And there was just more. There was boxes, boxes of half empty, like, oh, I cannot I'm just even there, imagine. Like, I cannot oh even God, imagine. That sounds it. crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, as we wrap up and as we yeah. start to kind of, you know, come to the end, I mean, we, you and I, I think, could talk probably all day. We could, we could <laughs> sit here and chat. But, you know, let me, let me ask you one kind of final look into the future sort of moment. But, yeah. What do you really see as sort of the the future of freedom? I mean, really, maybe it's in the industry or maybe it's with your brand specifically, but really, where do you see things going in the next five years with with your company and with the beauty industry as a whole? Because I, I think we're going to see a lot of things change in the next five years, and I'm curious to know right. what your thoughts are. I think natural is going to get normal, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that as a breast cancer survivor. That's a really yeah. big deal for me and yeah. my daughters. Yeah. Um, but I see our company, I, we, we definitely are making a major shift this year um, to a different uh, vertical, more to our wholesale side. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies are going to start going there because I think a lot of D2C companies are going to start losing money. And in fact, yeah. I, they are losing money already, right? Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of consolidation in that. And I would love to be one of the ones that is sold to one of the bigger companies, you know, um, mm-hmm. and they can take over the rest of it. Yeah. Because we'll establish ourselves on the wholesale side and do it very well. And they want to take over, you know, the D to C and everything else, let them do it. Yeah. That's where I see, that's where I see freedom. Cause I think everybody needs a little freedom in their lives. I agree. I agree. Well, this has been amazing, an amazing conversation. So much fun, so many laughs and I, I love your brand. If anybody wants to go check you out, where can they find you? What's your yeah. URL and where can they find you on social? So yeah, Freedom Deodorant on everything, like www.freedomdeodorant. And yes, we specialize in deodorant. We're not going to, you know, maybe one day we'll have a full line. I don't think so. We really will specialize in everything that's stinky on your body, getting people healthier (laughs) one armpit at a time, because there's so much to do there. Um, (laughs) So Freedom Deodorant um, on our website, Freedom Deodorant, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's okay. My name is Ira Green. You can find me as well, but I'm usually on our social staff. People love our story. If you have anyone that has been touched by breast cancer or cancer in general, mm-hmm. please follow us on our social feeds on Instagram, especially. We have some of the best people. We have cancer yeah. dietitians, breast cancer surgeons. We've got everybody coming on and doing Instagram lives. So it's, it's really an informational piece as well. So yeah. just freedom deodorant. Love it. We will link everything in our show notes, but this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for your time, sharing your story, your insights, and the fun. And uh, we'll be sure to link everything for all of our listeners. But until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Dawn. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.